0: Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message.
1: Church, this is a very special Sunday for us here at the Vineyard. For in just a moment, our elders are going to have the the privilege of ordaining Pastor Heather. And so we're going to invite Pastor Heather and her husband Kevin to the stage now. So Pastor Heather and Kevin, if you can make your way forward. Just stand right here. We would really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Well, as many of you church are aware, Pastor Heather has been serving as a pastor, as a licensed pastor on our staff for for the last year and a half or so. So she's been able to perform weddings and funerals and serve on staff here at the church as a pastor. And in the Vineyard Movement, when a a man or a woman has served as a licensed pastor for some time and it is clear to the elders of that particular church that there is a true pastoral calling on that man or woman's life, we then publicly affirm that calling as elders by laying hands on them in front of the entire church. And, And just to be clear, church, just to be clear, as As the elders lay hands on on Pastor Heather today and ordain her, we we are not simply saying that she has been called by this church, but we are affirming that she has been called by the Lord, that she has been set apart by the Lord to perform the service of being a pastor in the Lord's church. This is the calling on her life. She has exhibited all of the callings and and signs that, that we would want to see as elders, that She has a godly character. She has a heart for this church. She has a heart for the Lord's kingdom. She has all the competencies needed to perform the task of a pastor. And so I'm going to invite the elders up here to join me now and we're going to lay hands on Pastor Heather and her husband Kevin and officially ordain her as a pastor of this church. And Church, if you're comfortable, why don't you lay a, why don't you stretch out a hand? If you could, stretch out a hand as we pray for Pastor Heather and Kevin. Let's pray together, church. And as the elders of this church, Pastor Heather, we publicly affirm the calling on your life to the ministry of God's people as a pastor. And so, Father, would you protect her as she moves forward? Right. Would you fill her with wisdom, with discernment, yes. with the strength and the faith needed to fulfill the calling that you have placed on her life? Yes, God. Would you fill her afresh even now, Lord? Yes. yes. Would you affirm within her own spirit, even now, that she has been called, set apart, that this was never about worthiness, this was never about what we might deserve? Before she was born, before she had a single thought, you had set her apart for the task of ministering to God's people, for your great glory, and for the benefit of those entrusted to her care. Would you fill her now? We thank you for Heather, Father. Thank you for the calling on her life. Thank you for the ways we trust you will use her and her family moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen.
0: Kids? Oh Well, wow. all righty then. Thank you. I think my kiddos can head back to class. Thank you. It helped a lot having them here. Whew. Well, that's the way you start the day, right? Amen. Pastor Christian came to me a couple weeks ago. We had already set this date aside on the calendar and he said, you know, I, just, I want to throw an option out at you. I'm just, okay, either way, but would you like to preach? <laughs> then, on you know, after we're done ordaining you, and I was like, well, I guess you can't say no now, can you? <laughs> uh, so I guess, sure, if this is my first test, Jesus, I'd be going, hopefully I passed. <laughs> All right, okay, so what a day. How, whoo, what a day. Will you just join me in inviting the Holy Spirit to come? Lord Jesus, would you just send your spirit now, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. May you just fill this room from the top to the bottom, from east to the west, north to south. Would you just envelop this room, Lord, this building, this land. Move me aside. Move me out of the way. And let your people hear your words, Lord. Lord. Feel your touch. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I do believe that God has something he wants you to hear today, so I'm going to dive right in. We are continuing in our series of worthy, and it's, it's all based off of the scripture from Psalm 145, 8, where it says, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. In 2008, Kevin and I led a mission trip of 28 adults and youth to an orphanage in Tijuana, Mexico. We had both been given, we had both been to this orphanage several times before on mission trips. But for some reason, this one was a little bit different. The orphanage's founder believed in giving back to those who were less fortunate because God had been and continues to be so faithful to them. So they set aside one day out of our days there, and they take a group to a place called The Dump. The Dump is where the homeless, sick, abandoned, forgotten, castaways of the city go. Here they make their home, and their home can consist of tarps, scrap metal, sheets of plywood, and basically whatever they can find and carry to piece together. There's no running water, there's no electricity, no air conditioning, and no heat. And trust me, it does get chilly in Mexico at night. It is in this shelter that these people live. These are families with children, aging parents, family members who are sick. The first time that I was introduced to this place, I couldn't help but feel a sense of almost anger. Angry that in a world with so much, these people were suffering. They didn't know where their next meal would come from. They didn't know if their loved ones would live to see another day. But in 2008, when our group of 28 people stepped foot onto the dusty, dirty road at the entrance to the dump, something was different. We had spent the better part of the morning bagging up rice and beans to hand out to feed the people. We bagged up over 500 pounds of rice and beans. Think about that, 500 pounds of rice and beans. In little Ziploc bags that we then stuffed and put in backpacks and suitcases with wheels and anything that could carry such a large quantity of rice and beans because we wanted every person in that place to receive a meal that day. As we walked from home to home and handed out bags of rice and beans, we were greeted with a whole lot of love. Kids hugged us, women cried. Grown men embraced us, and the word gracias was used a whole lot. That's about the extent of my Spanish, too, by the way. But it wasn't until we were almost at the end of our time that we came across a place that seemed deserted. As we approached, we noticed a little head peeking out from behind a curtain. We asked if there was a grown-up home. A little nod of the head said yes, and then out stepped a woman. A woman. She was probably no more than 30 years old, but she looked like she was 70. She was worn, dirty, tired, exhausted, and appearing to have lost all hope and will. That isn't even the best part, friends. We began to offer her a bag of beans and rice, praying that would bring some light to her eyes. But she didn't want our beans and rice. Instead, she wanted us to come in and pray. She started pulling on our arms, This isn't something that we typically advise people to do when you go on a mission trip, is to walk into a strange person's home in a foreign country, right? But we could not not go. She was literally pulling our arms. And more than that, we felt like we were being pushed. There was a force behind us pushing us. Inside, there was a dirt floor. It was very dark in the room. It was makeshift seats here and there in a little corner that had pots and pans and jugs of what you thought was water. It was very dirty water. But then our eyes met a man laying in a corner, a man who was clearly dying. How he was still alive, I don't know, because this man had been diagnosed with stomach cancer And it was eating away at his body. He had sores all over him from being bedridden for so long. And I will not go into graphic detail, but guys, listen to me. This man should have been dead. Here we stand before a dying man, and this woman wants us to pray. What God did in that room is nothing short of a miracle. As my husband Kevin began to pray in English, all the while we had a close friend of ours who was translating And so she was translating his prayers, and with outstretched arms of a team of 28 from inside the room and outside the house, with faith beyond measure, we prayed healing over this man. We watched him open his eyes, smile, and talk to his loved ones for the first time in weeks. His one wish was to see the sunshine one more time. He had been bedridden for more than two years Guys, God gave him that heart's desire. We arranged for a medical team to go back the next day with a wheel ta- wheelchair and do just that get him in the sunshine. Guys, the word compassion is defined as feeling or showing sympathy and concern for others. Some may even say it's to recognize the suffering of others and take action to help. Take action. Two words. Psalm 145.8 says again, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Have you ever felt like God wasn't there? That he's not listening? I can bet that Moses felt that way when he was trekking through the desert with a bunch of ungrateful and grumpy Israelites. And I wonder if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego felt that way as they were being thrown into the fiery furnace. We could talk about Daniel, Jonah, Esther, The list goes on and on. But today I want to take a look at a passage in the New Testament about a woman who might have been feeling unloved, forgotten, and tossed aside. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles or on your phones in the app, Matthew 9, 20 through 22, it says, Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him, him being Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Let me give you some backstory here. Jesus wasn't just hanging out, walking down the streets. He was on his way to Jairus's house. Jairus was a ruler in town, and his daughter was very sick. Jairus believed her to be dead. Jesus was on his way to this man's house to see his daughter. This wasn't just a stroll down the street. I can imagine his pace was maybe a little bit quick, with determined steps on a mission, headed somewhere. Then he feels this touch, ever so slight of a touch, just on the edge of his cloak. The account of this same event in Mark chapter five says that the crowd was so large that the people were pressed up against one another. I mean, in a crowd that large with people surrounding you, your mind on where you're headed, how does one touch make such a difference? The fact that she is out in public is even frowned upon. Add in the fact that there were so many people that they were pressed against one another, you guys have yourself a full-on crazy situation. She had lived 12 years of her life being viewed as unclean, unworthy, a burden. This uncleanliness left her with no way to earn money, most likely alone, and feeling very forgotten. A woman at this time who had been bleeding for 12 years, this would most likely mean that she had no children, no husband, and any family she may have once had isn't around, unclean in a way that meant she should not be touched by anyone, and anyone who touched her would then be recognized as unclean. Now those that would encounter her and touch her and become unclean, they had the option to go home and cleanse themselves, take a bath. That made them clean again. She didn't have that option. Even if she stopped bleeding, she was still viewed as unclean for seven more days. I wanna think that this woman in the 12 years, she probably prayed, she sought out care from those in the community that might be able to help her, but then at some point, she ran out of money, she ran out of hope, and she just gave up, but then, she hears this crowd of people approaching. In the middle of all of these people is this man they call Jesus. She'd heard the stories, right? She'd heard of how he had healed others of illness, brought sight to the blind. She did not want to cause a scene. She just wanted to get close enough to touch him. That would be enough. Compassion, you guys. Feeling or showing sympathy and concern for others the compassion that God has for his people was brought to earth through Jesus Christ. Jesus was a walking, talking, breathing embodiment of compassion. When the woman just touched his cloak, she was healed. Jesus didn't even have to physically touch her. He didn't even have to recognize the moment, but he did. Why? The simple fact that she touched Jesus by law made him unclean. Now there stands Jesus in a crowd of people, and by Old Testament law, he is now unclean. And he says to her, take heart, my daughter, you have been healed. This woman who was deemed as unclean by the law of the Old Testament, who had suffered for years with this, had lost everything, was being called daughter by Jesus. Jesus... Was looking at her. See, Jesus came to change the world and replace the laws of the Old Testament. He came to make a way that wasn't governed by laws and rules. In this woman's desperate attempt to be healed, Jesus met her with compassion. The kind of compassion that recognized this woman's pain and suffering showed her love like never before and healed her because of her faith. The woman took action. In John 3:16 it says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is compassion. That is seeing a world, seeing God's people in pain and suffering and sin and saying, "You know what? I can't force you to do anything." But because I love you so much, because I want to spend eternity with you, I'm going to make a way for you to get to me, no matter how dirty or messed up you are. That is the compassion of our God. That is the love of our God. Are you the woman on the road who feels forgotten, abandoned, unseen, unheard? Maybe you feel dirty, like all the sin in your life is just too much. How could anyone forgive what I've done or love me. Friends, you are not alone. God wants you to know that you are seen. You are heard, and you are loved. You can be forgiven, and Jesus wants to take action in your life. Jesus wants to show you compassion. Let's go back to our dying man in Mexico real quick. Because of a group of crazy, Jesus-loving Americans were sent out with beans and rice This man experienced the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. But what happened first? We were invited in. Friends, Jesus isn't going to force his way into your life. He isn't going to hold you down until you give up and let him in. Nope. What he's going to do is he's going to stand at the door of your heart, and he's going to wait for you to invite him in. I know some of you are sitting out there saying, Great story, Pastor Heather, but I already got Jesus in my heart. All right, that's fair. I thought about y'all. Let me ask you this. Do you show compassion like Jesus did? Do you stop for the homeless man on the side of the road and give him a couple of dollars? Oh, well, Heather, you don't know where they're going to do with that money. You're right. I don't. Neither do you. How about you show them compassion? and let Jesus take care of the rest. Do you have a family member that no matter how hard you try, you just can't forgive them or get past their addiction? Maybe it's someone in your life that you have watched time and time again make one bad decision after another, and now they're in the middle of some serious hardships. You don't have to take on their burdens. Compassion isn't saying, here, let me take that from you so you don't have to go through it. No. They have to walk through it themselves. Compassion is going through it with them, taking action to help the person through whatever it is they're dealing with. Compassion doesn't mean you're saying what they did is right. Compassion is saying that I love you and recognize that what you're going through must be difficult, and I want to be there for you. This can be in the way of sending them an encouraging message, Maybe you take them out for lunch. Maybe you just sit with them and be a listening ear. Or maybe it's dedicating some time every day in prayer for that person. Jesus didn't take the woman's problem. He healed her of it. It was gone. He did that because he had compassion for her. Because he saw what she was going through and wanted to help Jesus came so that we could experience and feel compassion. Jesus came, died on the cross, conquered death, and is preparing a place in heaven so that you would know what compassion feels like and then show it to others. God sent his only son to be the full embodiment of compassion. When that woman reached up to touch Jesus' cloak, she took action. She invited Jesus in. She said, I believe the town saw a dirty, unclean, unwanted woman, and Jesus called her daughter. Jesus brought recognition to her. He could have kept on walking and not paid any attention to the fact that he knew what had just happened, but he stopped. He's on his way to see a sick, dying little girl, he's on a mission. You can't be stopped when you're on on your way to save a child. Well, you can if you're Jesus, because He stopped. He acknowledged her. Verse 22 says, He saw her. That moment when Jesus looked upon this woman, that was the greatest act of compassion. He noticed the pain, the hurt. The agony she must have been experiencing, he took notice of her. He didn't just keep walking, he didn't brush her aside. He took notice. Do you have someone in your life that you need to take notice of, that you need to recognize and show some compassion to? Maybe you're the one who needs to feel the compassion. As we close today, I want you to know something. There is no sin too great that God can't forgive. There is nothing, nothing in your life that cannot be overcome with the power of Jesus Christ. Like the woman today, I have had times in my life where I have felt unclean, unworthy, unseen, and definitely forgotten. But I had to take action to pull myself up and reach for Jesus' cloak. The woman in this story did it on her own, but you don't have to. Are you at a place in your life where you feel like all hope is lost? In a minute, we're going to invite you to come forward because, people, I want you to understand that all you have to do is take action. As they say, the ball is in your court. (laughs) It's up to you. He's not going to put you in some sort of wrestling hold and wrestle you to the ground until you give up and tap out. But he's going to stand right at that door. And he's going to stand there until you invite him in. And you have to invite him in. There is purpose in your life. He sees you, you are not forgotten. You are not unclean or unworthy. You are loved deeply. And he's just waiting for you to take action. There are some of you here who have been following Jesus for a really long time. So long that it's just kind of what you do. I feel like God wants to show you some compassion today. He wants you to know that even in those difficult times when you're putting on the happy face and getting all the things done, he wants you to stop. He wants you to come to his feet and reach for his cloak. Stop pretending it's all okay. Stop telling the world that you've got it all together. Fall on your knees and just reach for his cloak and feel the compassion of Jesus Christ. If you want to make your way forward, if you're if you're identifying with the woman who feels unworthy and unclean and you just want some compassion, I invite you to come forward. If, if you're saying, man, I, I want to I say, yeah, come in, Jesus, for the first time, will you come forward? Will you let one of our prayer ministry team members know that so that they can pray with you and they can help you invite Jesus in? If you want to just spend some time at Jesus' feet, you can kneel or sit at the steps. But friends, listen to me. I do not want anyone in this room to leave here today feeling anything but the love of God. I want you to know that you are seen. You are heard. And you are important. You matter. Jesus is here to listen, and so am I. I am here to listen and pray with you, to encourage you through whatever it is that you are walking through. Jesus just wants to be invited in. He wants you to reach out and extend a hand. So will you take action?